Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. So I have been seeing a lot of the same scriptures lately about the same type of thing. And it's not because I'm searching for it. Like it's totally randomly happening. I don't know if that ever happens to you, but maybe you see scriptures on like attitude or being patient or having peace or something, but like you get, if you're a member or whatever you call it of the Bible app that you can download on your phone, it's free. And sometimes I'll just get a notification that's like, like this just in and it's, you know, a scripture about something. And then I'll be at church and my pastor will talk about the scripture. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like the same thing. I was just over here. Or we are in my daughter's study and we learn all about one thing. And then we watch this Bible show called storybook. And it's like the same scripture and the same things. And I love when the Holy spirit works like that. And it's very timely. And so a lot of times when this happens, we're aware of it, but sometimes we're not. And although we realize the similarities, we don't realize what a big deal this is. And we're like, oh, how cool. Like, what a coincidence. I just learned about this. But we don't really take the time to realize, okay, this is a message that that God and the Holy Spirit really want us to receive and accept and live and understand. And a lot of times we're too offended or we're too critical and we can't hear what it actually is. Or we're just not ready to face what this scripture is that's there. And there's there's a lot of reasons why you don't accept it. But this has been happening to me. And so I, I and I'll tell you in a minute about what it is. But so I've been hearing the same thing over and over. And then this morning, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. And I had a couple of things. Like I met with a friend the other day. And we went for a walk. And we were talking all about being consistent, like how consistency is key is what she said. And we were, she was just in a really dark place. She's in a really deep valley right now. And I said, you know what, let's go meet up and walk so you can get your body moving. I can get my body moving, like get your mind going. Let's, let's go on a walk and just talk. Let's not meet for breakfast. Like let's get moving. So we met at this park, we went and walked a couple of miles and we're just talking and talking and just like letting everything out. And I said, One of the best things that I did when I was in my lowest place was I made a list of as many things as I can think of that were going to make me feel better, like things that were really going to make me feel better. So when I was at the lowest of lows, I could pull out my list and I could see like, okay, here's a list of all the things that are going to make me feel better. Now, my feel better list is going to be different than your feel better list, but it doesn't have things on there like smoking, drinking, you know, things like that, that are actually bad for you, overeating, although those things make you feel better in the moment, they're not really going to make you feel better. So this is a list of like things that are actually going to make you feel better. And I said, the things that I had on my list were doing yoga, stretching, going on walks outside, 
being outside, doing anything outside, gardening, uh, cleaning out my garage, like anything being outside made me feel better. Um, I said also like taking vitamins, drinking water, eating healthy, taking a bath, reading a book, reading the Bible. And I was listing all these things and she's like, girl, and you have four kids. Like you have time to do all of this and with your kids. And I was like, no, just because you make the list doesn't mean that this is the list that you have to do every single day. And it becomes a checklist of I'm a loser. If I don't do all these things on this list, it's just this list of when in doubt, pick a couple things on the list and just do some of those. So I said, it's not really about perfection because it's really easy to be a perfectionist and to, and to immediately be like, it's not good enough. I didn't do all the things on the list. I didn't do them every single day. And that's why I feel so bad, but it's about just trying. And she said, you know, consistency is key. And I said, it is key, but it's not real. It's impossible to be 100% perfectly consistent. The key is actually not consistency. The key is trying, like just try, just try to have a better marriage. Just try to be in a better mood. Just try to have better health. Just try. Don't make it the goal of being the end all be all. And I was kind of thinking of this message. We met on Thursday and Friday, I was thinking about it and Saturday and a couple other conversations that came up with this whole consistency crap, which I think is total crap because it's just unrealistic. Like you are not going to be able to be consistent in all of the things in your life that you want to improve on. You might be able to master being consistent at the gym, but you're not consistent with eating or you're not consistent with your sleep. Or maybe you set some boundaries about the amount of time you're going to spend on your phone or the time you're going to watch Netflix. And you've been like watching that way too often, or you might be excelling over here, but you haven't read your Bible or did your study in a week. And if you're the person who's a perfectionist where nothing is ever good enough for you, this whole concept will just beat you up in itself because you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to do it all the time. And the hustle culture is who created this term consistency. Like just be consistent. Hard work will eventually pay off. Like keep going. And it's just a bunch of crap. It's not true. And don't believe it because if you believe it, you're going to be the person who gets let down from it. And you're going to hold on to this concept of, I have to be consistent. I have to be consistent. I'm not being consistent. I need to be more consistent. And it's going to become this thought pattern in your mind. So this is what, hi, April, glad you're here. <laughs> this is what I was planning on talking about and was kind of in my head. But this morning when I woke up, by the way, I'm not a morning person. If you don't know that, I'm not a morning person. And the reason why I do these calls in the morning is to make me accountable to someone to have to get up and set my mind in the right place, whether I want to or not. I have to do it at least two days a week. And I have been praying that God helps me to wake up earlier. And all last week I snoozed on God. And I just, I went to bed too late. I wasn't taking care of myself. I, I just literally snoozed. I, I labeled the name of my alarm, time with God. And I literally snoozed on God <laughs> all week long. I didn't do any of my studies. I didn't read my Bible once. I didn't do any of my stuff. And there was no good enough reason for it. 
I just was tired. I didn't feel like it. I was like, I'll do it later. And then I do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And I just, I just haven't done it. And so I snoozed on God all week. And so last night I told John, I said, I need accountability. I have a lot of stuff I need to get done this week because I totally blew it off last week. And I really, really want to wake up early. So I have time to spend with God. Well, my alarm goes off at seven and I snoozed. And at seven Oh six, my dog who's in the other room for the first time in her life has a sneezing attack. I've never even heard her sneeze one time. She literally sneezed probably 30 or 40 times, like just one after another. And I was half asleep. And then I like kind of, I'm like, what is that noise? I'm like, oh, it's the dog. And then I was like drifting back asleep and she sneezed again and sneezed again and sneezed again and kept sneezing until I got up to see what was wrong with her. And from the moment I saw her, she never sneezed again. And I like let her outside and I was mad because I'm like, gosh, you're so annoying. Go outside. Like, what is your problem? And immediately it hits me. God used my dog to wake me up because I was up and I, I didn't even remember hitting snooze on my alarm clock at seven, but I must have because it was off and it was seven Oh six when I woke up with the dog and I got up and I'm like, okay, well, thanks God for getting me up because I did want to wake up. So I started doing my morning routine and everything I was going to do. And I sit down at my table and I kind of just felt like really, I watered my flowers. I made my coffee. I took my vitamins. I just kind of got moving a little. And then I sat down to pray and felt like my thoughts were just all over the place. My mind already started racing on like what I had to do this week uh, for my own house, like order groceries, plan dinners. Um, I need to catch up on two of my studies. I need to prepare for my class tomorrow. Like I just had all these things. It's my sister's birthday Wednesday. It's Father's Day. I need to get a gift for both. So, you know, my mind was just kind of racing with normal like life stuff. Like what's going on? What do I have to do? And so I'm like, okay, let me just sit down before I do this study and I need to just pray. And so I started praying and my prayer felt really jumbled. And I'm like, okay, God, just like help me focus. What am I going to talk about on the call today? And I just kind of was silent and still for a second, as still as I could be. And the thought, the word of sobriety popped up and I, in like really quick, I thought sobriety. And then I also had all of these thoughts, like this whole message kind of just like flowed through my head. And I even thought about having two people on to interview my best friend, who's been sober for two and a half years. And then this other girl, Stephanie, who's actually one of my students in my course who built a brand all on sobriety. And when people are sober curious, they follow her and she inspires you. And um, I just thought of these two people real fast. She has a podcast too. And so I was like, okay, great. Like, this is going to be so good. Um, And then I was like, I opened my eyes and I'm like, okay, no, I don't, I don't want to talk about that right now. Like not, I don't want to talk about that today, but that's a good idea. And so I typed it in my notes because I have this whole section of ideas to think of later. And so I put this in here. I said, message on sobriety. And then I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but God just, just speak through me today while I'm doing this study and something will pop into my head. And so I opened my book, remind you, I'm six days behind where I'm supposed to be. So six days behind. And I, I have to catch up on six, seven days total by tomorrow. So I have to do seven days in 
two days and I sit down and I start reading and it says turn to, and it told me the scripture, like first, first Timothy something. And I go and I read it. Um, it's actually second Timothy four five. And it says, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Second Timothy four, five. And as I read that, and we're not talking about sobriety, like this was the, what we were talking about in the scripture was not sobriety. It was actually about your identity and, and it had nothing to do with sobriety. And she says, turn there. What does Timothy or what does Paul instruct Timothy to do? And I'm like, I literally like just stopped. And I was like, I cannot believe that you just gave me a scripture with the word sober in it. Like the first one I turned to after I dismissed God's topic today, the first one I turned to in my book is about sobriety. And it goes back to being intuitive and not beating yourself up and remembering that God will use all things for good. So the fact that I procrastinated six days and just so ended up happening to be on the day where the scripture was here with what the Holy Spirit put in my mind, it was God's perfect timing. And so God will use your procrastination for good. So it's okay if you snoozed on God for a week, he will forgive you and realize that he's already forgiven you. And now he's like putting things together to be like, all right, let's go. Let's just like patch this up and let's keep going. And so my whole entire talk today that I want to talk to you about is on being sober-minded and on sobriety. And I don't mean it just in the sense of, not consuming any alcohol or drugs, but I mean it in keeping your mind sober, which the definition from the Bible, the word sober-minded is on there a lot. And we, I briefly mentioned this on our last podcast, being sober-minded means you're putting God first, you're putting others second, and you're putting yourself third. That's when it says be sober-minded in the Bible, that's what it's referring to. So when in second Timothy, as it says, always be sober-minded, it means always put God first, then others, then yourself. And he says, endure the suffering and endure also translates to the word lasting. So like, hold on to the suffering. Like when it gets hard, just hold on. So put Christ first, other second, then yourself, hold on when it gets hard and do the work of an evangelist which the work of an evangelist is preaching the good word, is telling people the good news of life and fulfill your ministry. You might not know what your ministry is. You're like, I have no idea what that, what that even is. I'm not, in, I'm not a minister. I'm not a pastor. I'm not in ministry work. You don't have to be any of those titles to have a ministry. A ministry is just what matters to you. Like, what are you passionate about? What could you pound your face on the table and weep because you just want to shake people like, wake up, this is, you're sleeping, you're, you're missing it, you're, you're, maybe you feel super passionate about orphans or foster care, or there's things that you have passions about because they're meant to be your ministry. And we talked last podcast about being there for the generations, you're called to impact the generation now, this generation. This one right here that you're sitting in was not by mistake. God selected the time that you would even be alive. 
and praise the Lord that I was born in 2000, or I'm, I'm alive in 2022. I was born in 1989 because God just knew that I'm the type of person that just couldn't survive in those old days, like with no electricity and you have to slaughter the lambs. Like, I'm like, this is so sad. I could never sacrifice an animal. I can't even kill a spider. Like this would be so, this would be so hard for me to live back in those days. Like, I'm so thankful I don't live there, but God put us where we are on purpose and to have this ministry. But there's a few different things that hinder this sobriety, this thought and actual sobriety and withstanding from alcohol and drugs and things. But I also talked last podcast about these different personalities that we feel like sometimes we feel like we have this multiple personality disorder. And I had a couple people DM me on Instagram and they're like, I'm so glad you said that. I felt so crazy. And when you said that, I laughed and just felt so connected. I'm like, good, because you should. We all have these different personalities in us. This like, I shared about the four different personalities that I have. The one is like the party fun, drunk Taryn. Like, let's go drinking. Let's have margaritas. Let's go dancing. Let's have fun. Like, let's just go do this. The second one is I just want to be so close to Jesus. Like, I want to sell everything I have and just do ministry work full time and just live every second of my life for the Lord. Totally opposite of the first version of me, right? And then I have another version of me that's just like super like peace and calming and like hippie vibe and like the natural crunchy me where like turns their nose up to anything that's not organic and, you know, this whole like life. And then the other side of me is like the opposite of that. You know, I can be calm and peaceful and I could also be like angry and irritated and annoyed. And there's just all these different versions of ourselves. And it all stems from really what's inside of us. And there's three elements that are inside of us that make up who we are. And the first one is your spirit. And your spirit is the closest one to the center. And it's who you are. It's made for a relationship with God. That's what your spirit is, is who you are. Then you have your soul and your soul is the home to your unique nature. So that's like your thoughts, your ambitions, your feelings, your personality really is what it is. So you have your spirit, which is who you are in the core that's made for a relationship with God. You have your soul, which is your personality. And then you have your body. And that's the physical temporary container that all this is rolled up in. Your body really is insignificant. It doesn't really matter. It's literally just housing your spirit and your soul. And I've been watching this show on Netflix and I'm not saying that it's biblical and I'm not saying that I agree with everything that they say. I am very intrigued and interested. It's our temple, Ashley. Yes. I love that word. Thank you. Your body, your temple. Uh, I'm really interested in how other people believe and what they think in cultures and how they're wired. And I think that all of that is so interesting. I might not agree with it, and condone it and accept it. And I wouldn't preach on it, but I just find it interesting. And I like to learn as much as I possibly can. And there's a show on Netflix called surviving death. And it's all about proof of the afterlife and proof of your spirit and your soul only being housed in your body. And there are millions and millions and millions of recordings 
that people have documented about these experiences when they've almost died and what has happened to them and they all match up and they're all the same. Obviously, I believe that there's an afterlife. I believe that we go to heaven for eternity, but it's really interesting to watch that show and to hear about your soul and your spirit going on and on and on that it's still here. And even when your body and your temple disappears and dies, your soul and your spirit are still alive. You don't just like my grandpa just passed away this past year and he had such a huge personality and he was so funny, like just so funny, so quirky, just lived to entertain people. And there's no way that his spirit is just gone because I can still feel him. I can, I I still feel like he's here. Like, and if you've lost someone that you're close to, maybe a parent or a child or something, you can still feel that they're here. They don't, it doesn't seem real that they're gone. Like they feel like they're here. You just haven't talked to them in a while. You just haven't seen them in a while, but you still feel like they're somewhere because they are. They really are. Now your spirit is made up of, it's really like two things. It's your spirit and the Holy spirit. But until you have become a believer in Jesus, you only have your own spirit. The Holy spirit takes up residence in you and brings you back to life because think about it. You had your spirit. It's made to connect with God but it's deadened and broken by sin because God can't be in connection with sin. So we have died in our spirit. And then when you become a believer, this spirit comes back to life and it connects to God. And that's why people who reject Jesus and reject all of it, they have this deadened feeling in them. Most people are really struggling. Most people are like, why do I feel so bad? Why do bad things happen to me? Why am I have no hope? Why do I have no joy? Why am I an alcoholic? Why, why am I reaching for all these coping mechanisms? Because nothing satisfies like Jesus does. But if you expect your mind, which is your thoughts and attitudes and your emotions, which are your feelings and your reactions to things and your conscious, which is the awareness of good and bad. If you expect all of these things to reflect what's happened on the inside of you, this change, it's never going to, unless you let that spirit ooze into all the other areas of your life. So think of it kind of as a picture of like your spirit and the Holy spirit, your soul, and then your body. And when you decide to be a believer and you bring this back to life with the Holy Spirit, when it oozes into all the other areas of your life, into your soul and into your body, you start doing things and acting in a different way. And I don't know if you've experienced that yourself, which I'm sure you have, but you were like going one way and then all of a sudden you're going the other way. Like one minute your priorities were drinking and partying and lying and judging and being critical and stress. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm focused on living a life like this. People can see this change in you, but what I found that happens is that we can make a change and we can be different. And we really can be like, wow, I used to be so angry and now I'm not, or I used to be so judgmental and now I'm not, or I used to, I used to drink all the time and now I don't like you have this big change that's happened in your life when you decide to trust in God and people can usually see it around you, 
They can see that you've changed. They can tell that there's a difference, but we, we can get distracted and we can lose focus on what's important and all of a sudden kind of dim these areas of light that are supposed to be shining from us. And there's really two things that can be going on right now with you that I want you to think of that could be affecting this. And one of them is having bad thoughts and the other one is having a bad attitude. And so I want you to kind of just think for a second, what do you need the Holy Spirit to really help you with most right now? Is it your thoughts or your attitude? And I'm going to read you the definition of both. I pulled up the definitions this morning so I could see how they're different. They're actually very much the same, except there's one difference. So thoughts are an idea or an opinion produced by thinking or occurring suddenly in the mind. Okay. So an idea or opinion produced by thinking and an attitude is a way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. So an attitude is putting your thoughts into a behavior and it's actually doing, it's an action. You're showing someone your attitude. If you just laid there with your eyes closed and didn't say a word and didn't have any facial features or expressions or anything, and you laid there, nobody would be able to tell what kind of attitude you're in. So an attitude is putting this thought and then making it a reality and kind of putting it into action. And so I want to talk about both of them and why we have these, why we get into these bad thought patterns or bad moods and bad attitudes and what we can do to change them. And it first starts by identifying what the problem is. So if you want your spirit and your soul and your body to just be experiencing joy and peace and love and everything that God says are the fruits of the spirit, then it starts with working on the things that you need to work on that are causing blocks and causing this to be a little bit dull. And so, and, and some of them um, point to sobriety and I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures on it too at the end. But so an example of a bad thought is for me, like a hustle thought. So the thoughts that come into my mind right now are things like, I really need to schedule more time to work. Like I've, I've been talking about doing this for so long and I'm still not doing anything. Or the thought that's in my head all the time is I haven't done anything lately. Like I repeat that to myself all the time. Like I haven't done anything lately. I've done nothing. I really need to get moving because I'm not doing enough. And now your bad thoughts could be like, I can't do this. This is never gonna work. Or I'm, I'm just so miserable. Or there are fears that you're repeating over and over this bad thought. Um, there are thoughts that go against scripture, things that God says. So God says you're, cho you're chosen and you're anointed and you're holy and you're a saint and all of these things. You say, I'm worthless. I'm a piece of crap. I don't do anything right. I have no purpose, woe is me type of thing. Like the Eeyore thoughts is kind of what I talk to them about my kids. Like, oh, like another day. And it doesn't even have to be like negative about yourself. You could be negative about what's around you. 
And yesterday I posted on my story and in, on Instagram and I just, I, it was so great. I took it from a friend of mine and I saw her post it. And then I sent her a message. I was like, oh, I'm totally stealing this and posting this. Cause this is just too good to not, but I'm going to share my screen. So if you're listening to this recording, if you go on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see this video posted. So you can see this image. Uh, or if you're on the podcast, you won't be able to see it. But I want to share this for those of you watching. So it says, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And the one person is viewing the world, beautiful butterflies, everything's amazing. The other person is viewing it with flames and death and destruction. And there's a podcast we did a little while ago titled Perspective. And it's a really good one to go if you have problems with your perspective. And right now you're looking at things like that'll never happen. You're a pessimist. So here's 17 signs that you have an attitude or you have like, are not attitude. You have um, like, you're in a bad mood. You have bad thoughts. Your thoughts are dictating what you're doing, right? So you're thinking these things subconsciously, maybe even and then it's causing you to do these things. So you're always comparing yourself to others. Everyone irritates you, <laughs> huge red flag. If everyone around me is annoying, then I know that it's me. It's everyone's not really annoying, it's just me how I'm perceiving the world. My hormones actually play a big part of this. <laughs> they might play it for you. But everyone irritates you. You're always in a hurry. Your expectations have never met reality. You misinterpret everything others do and say. You're fixated on conflicts with people you care about. You're carrying, you're carrying a grudge against someone. You're expecting bad things to happen to you. You've gotten used to seeing yourself as unlikable. A recent disappointment has discouraged you. It's not 17 things, it's actually 10. I don't know why I said 17. I thought there was 17, but there's 10. <laughs> Um, so those are some things, and you might be like, yeah, that's me. I'm all of those things. And of course, we all have been those things at a time or another. But this is when you're really fixating on these thoughts over and over and over and over. And this is kind of what you've been telling yourself. And you go on Instagram and you compare yourself to all these other people and you feel like you're not good enough. What you're doing isn't right. I, I do it all the time. I will get on Instagram and start watching other people that are in my niche that are these like Christian influencers. And I start looking at their stuff and just think like, they're so good. I could never be that good. I could never create content that good. I could never be consistent like them. They're so, and I pick apart all the things that they are. Like their reels are so cute. Their outfits are so cute. Look at their house. They're so creative. How they filmed that is so great. I could never think of that. And then I try to turn and I'll look at myself of the things that I'm good at that others aren't. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. There are things that I am way better at than they are that they're not even attempting to do because they're gifts of mine. But if you're in that mindset of comparing, you miss all the goodness of yourself. So this happens when our, our thoughts start going like this, when our focus is off, when our focus is off the prize. And there's a quote by C.S. Lewis. And he says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. 
if you're focusing on heaven and you're having a, like the scripture, I think it's in Matthew, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. If you're focusing on heaven and you have this heaven focus and you're looking at this, you have this sober minded focus of Christ first, then others, then yourself. And you're focused on what's important, what's eternity, what matters being in God's will, which we talked last podcast episode about having a good attitude, having good thoughts and being totally present and carrying out the things God laid before you. If you have little kids in your home, God has called you to teach them and raise them and nurture them and take care of them. So that is a huge task that you're doing. If you have a job, God wants you doing your job like you're doing it for him. If you work in an office, do the job as unto the Lord. So whatever is laid in front of you, don't think like God's will is this huge thing that one day I'll be in. You're in God's will when you're doing what you're supposed to, when you're taking care of your body, when you're taking care of your mind. So if you're aiming at heaven, earth is going to be part of that joy that you're going to experience on earth, purpose you're going to experience here, day-to-day things that you're going to experience. If all you're focusing is on the world and things and stuff and success and stresses, and you're thinking about all of that, you're not going to get the world because when you die, you're going to have nothing and you won't get heaven either. So setting your mind on things above really change that. So when our focus gets off, when we get distracted, which the podcast episode titled Distracted is one of my favorite ones that I've ever done because it talks about how easily and how quickly Satan distracts us. And if we can be distracted, he wins. We miss everything. We know he doesn't win in the end. He's already been defeated, but he wins over us because we don't even realize that we've been asleep and he's come in the night and he's taken everything we have. So how to fix this problem of your thoughts? So it's really simple. We overcomplicate things a ton but it's actually really simple. Um, I want to just preface a tiny bit with if hormones are a thing for you, like I just said, like hormones play a huge factor for me. If they are for you, then the number one thing that you need to do first is grace. And April and I were talking about that. April announced that she's pregnant with her fourth baby. And we were talking about hormones and all of this. And she's like, I was in such a bad place. I just gave myself grace. I didn't like overthink things. I didn't try to beat myself up. I was just like, this is it. Do as many things that make you feel better. Relax, let go of the thought. Like that's all you can do sometimes. When you're in the pit of the valley, that's all you can do is like, I'm just gonna be still and just release these thoughts. Like, nope, you're not gonna stick on me. I'm not gonna overthink. I'm not gonna worry. I'm just gonna let this go. So that might be the number one thing that you need to do is if you're in a place right now of that, you need to just like ride it out and be still and it's okay. And the best things to do are to spend time with God, which is episode 40, time, T-I-M-E. It talks about how to spend time with God. And you need to listen more than you talk. That's it. Listen more than you talk. You can't listen and talk at the same time. So I turn on the audios to listen in books or like an audio, like a sermon on YouTube or I'm listening to things because it makes my brain shut up. Like no thoughts are better than bad thoughts. And you can't really change your thoughts. Like it's really hard to change your thoughts. That's why I just drown them out. Like just turn up the volume on something else and these will be quiet. 
but you can change your words and your words are so important. And what you say is what you hear and it will change your subconscious mind. It will change everything that you are thinking will start to change when you hear this. Matthew 12, 37 says, by your words, you are justified. By your words, you are condemned. If you speak trash, you will become trash. If you speak life, you will become life. Your words mean so much. And you don't even realize the words that you're saying that are sabotaging everything. So it is better to not say anything at all. Like we've all heard in Bambi, I think is where it started. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And that's not just to other people, it's to yourself. Stop talking about the negative things about yourself, your body, your mind, the things you do. Stop talking about it. Two of the best things that you could ever do to really change this and to get this concept of words are two books by Florence Scovel Shin, who is my favorite author, um, Florence Scovel Shin. And the books are Your Word is Your Wand and The Power of the Spoken Word. Both of these books I have on repeat in my bathroom connected to my Alexa. And every time I go into the bathroom to get ready, I say, Alexa, play my book by Florence Scovel Shin. And she either plays that one or she plays the other one. And I listen to as much as I can until I'm done getting ready. And I tell her to stop. And next time I go in there, I say, Alexa, play my book by Florence Scovel Shin. And she either picks up where we left off or she reads the other book. It's always the two that she plays. And it's always going through my mind. Because I am a natural person who just beats myself up. I overthink, I overanalyze. It's just like all about who I am. And I'm a really driven person, which some of you might be too. And that can be good and it can be bad and it can be exhausting. It can be really hard, but by your words, you are justified by your words, you are condemned. So if you can't change your thoughts, you need to start by changing your words listening to those two books, you can actually get them for free, the PDF versions online. You can just download them. Um, but I highly recommend getting the audio version so you can hear this spoken over you. And she quotes tons of scriptures and it's just phenomenal to teach you. And she gives example after example, after example of students of hers that were using their words in bad ways and getting bad situations and she would give you a truth statement to repeat and to say over and over and over to break these thoughts in your head. So you're going to get a ton of truth statements that you're going to be like, this is me. I need to write this down. I write all of these truth statements on my bathroom mirror so that I can just see them and they're just there. Write them on a post-it and put them up in front of you. However, you can get your thoughts to change um, with your words, it, whatever works, works. And that's amazing. So. The other thing, so it's either your thoughts or your attitude. So your attitude is your thoughts that go into action. So the reason why you have a bad attitude is because you're being triggered. Now you can be triggered from tons of things, like tons of things. You can be triggered by your own thoughts. 
So if you're sitting there running this broken record of fear in your mind over and over and over, like, what if this doesn't work? What if I fail? What if everyone makes fun of me? What if you, that's going to cause you to be stressed and it's going to cause you to be impatient. And that's going to be the attitude you're experiencing. So your thoughts can turn into your attitude. Another thing is expectations not being met. You can have a bad attitude because what you're expecting to happen isn't happening. Maybe it's with your kids, your grandkids, with your husband. Uh, Maybe it's with yourself. Like you've been in the gym, you've been eating healthy. Why am I not where I want to be? Why do I still look like this in my bathing suit? Why am I not having any results? That can put you in a bad mood. Have you ever not been able to find anything to wear when you have to go out because you hate the way you look? You're in a bad mood. I mean, I know that I'm not the only person that's like, you know what? Forget it. I don't even want to go. Because I've said that so many times, like, forget it. We're not going. And my husband will be like, okay, well, when you're ready, just come get me. Like, And, you know, it's because you're in a bad, you're annoyed, you're irritated. Like, why do I look like this? You're beating yourself up. It's your thoughts again. It could be learned behavior. So I learned a behavior from my mom, which I hate. And she was always, while I was growing up, she was very short fused with my dad, very irritated and would just treat him like crap. Now she's, she's changed a lot and she's worked on it a lot. And she realized that it was this huge problem, but I saw that my whole life growing up and I learned this behavior. And so I will be in a bad mood for no reason and be irritated and short fused with my husband. And it has nothing to do with him. It's just me. And so this was a learned behavior. This is how I saw things to happen. And so I've had to unlearn that. And I've had to work on that a lot. You could be self-protecting yourself. Like if you've experienced abandonment, like I have, you will start to put walls up and have attitudes with people because you're trying to protect yourself. Like you're not going to hurt me. So I have this wall up. I'm protecting myself. You can have poor boundaries. If you have a bad attitude, you could have poor boundaries. And boundaries is a big one for everyone. And you know that you have poor boundaries if someone else is triggering emotions inside of you. And it's not really their fault, it's yours. You need to have a boundary that says, this is where you end, this is where I begin. Nothing that you do can actually affect me and my energy. This energy comes from Jesus and myself and it's here. No matter what happens out here, that's outside the boundary. I'm in the boundary and this is where I am. Nothing can harm me, nothing can come in here. If you struggle with boundaries, you need to read the book called Boundaries. And it gives you examples and teaches you how to set better boundaries because that can be triggering to you. Boundaries with your kids, boundaries with your husband, boundaries with your mom. Boundaries with family are huge because a lot of people think, well, you know, they're my family. I just have to live like this. No, you don't. You need to have boundaries. Another thing that can be affecting your attitude is not knowing yourself enough. So if you don't know the things that you really need or the things that matter to you or who you are, you don't know to watch out for them. So for me, for instance, one of the things I learned through therapy was that I have a really hard time transitioning, which means if I'm in work mode, 
and my kids come into my office, I seem to be in a bad mood towards them and have a bad attitude because my brain is on work mode and now I'm shifting into mom mode and it's a hard transition for me. It's a really hard transition for me when my husband and I are gone on vacation and we come home to the kids or I'm on a girl's trip and I come home to my husband or yesterday I was home all weekend by myself with our girls and all the boys went up north. And when my husband and the boys came home, it was a transition period for me. And I was kind of in a bad, I had a bad attitude a little bit. So these transitions, you might be someone who needs more time transitioning from one thing to the next. But if you don't know yourself, you won't know that you need that transition. So spending time getting to know yourself, healing from wounds, going to therapy, all those things are amazing. And then the last thing that can be happening is you're not taking care of yourself or your spirit. And that's why you have a bad attitude. Not taking care of yourself or your spirit also includes being sober. And I thought that it was really interesting that the that definition of being sober-minded is Christ first, others second, yourself third. When you're drunk, you flop them all. Or when you have a buzz, you're not thinking about God at all. You're not thinking really about others. You're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about yourself. Then you're thinking about what do others think of me and what is happening around me. And then you think of God. So you have it completely flipped. So when you're not focused on the prize and you're distracted, remember the C.S. Lewis quote that I just said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in, aim at earth and you will get neither. If you're distracted, whether it's you're just, your thoughts are bad, your actions are bad, your attitude is bad, or you're actually intoxicated, you're not living a sober-minded life. Bye, Terry. Glad you're here. Love you. And there's a scripture in first Thessalonians chapter five and it's verses six through 11. And it says, so then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. And this is why this podcast title is called wake up because a lot of people are asleep. So it says, don't be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, and Jesus is light, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as the breastplate and the hope of salvation as the helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus, he died for us so, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Because we need encouragement. We need to be built up. We need to know that we're not alone. So this is one of the scriptures that rests on the purpose of this podcast is to wake up. Wake up, see what's happening around you. See what you're struggling with. See the areas of your life that are being dimmed. Even though you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're being distracted and there's areas that are dimming your life. Your thoughts are dimmed or your actions are dimmed right now. Your attitudes are dimmed. We have to stay awake at all times and to see this. So Luke 21 says, but stay awake at all times 
praying that you may have strength to escape all of these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Another one, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action. Okay, like think of that. Preparing your minds for action. It starts with your words that turn into thoughts and that prepares your mind for the action. So preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That means set your hope fully on what you're gonna get. Set your mind and your hope fully on the coming of Christ. Focus it on your purpose your ministry on heaven, what's important, not the earth. The earth is not important. Yes, we are called to be an impact to the generations, but we are to focus every day on what's more important. If you speak the truth, if you speak positive words, good words, if you're reading your Bible, if you're in a study and you're seeing the words and you're reading them in your head and then you're hearing them, if you whisper them to yourself, you now have this programming in your mind of what's above, what's above. Your thoughts will change. Your mind will change. Your mindset, your attitude will change. And the Holy Spirit will be able to flow into all these other areas of your life where people literally will tell you that you're glowing. Like they will literally tell you, like, you just have this glow about you. You just seem like, like really happy. You just seem joyful. You seem different. You seem purposeful and you will have joy. You'll walk a little different. You'll start to think different, which will make your actions be different, which will make you have a better life. Joy is not the same as happiness. It's not dictated by circumstance. It's dictated by an inner knowing and feeling in your soul. It's by being connected, your spirit to the Holy Spirit, being connected together and walking in that with that focus gives you this joy, which no matter what is happening around you, you feel joy. Even if you're experiencing the worst turmoil, the, the death of someone close to you, you may even get closer to the spirit as you're walking through this. You may experience more joy that you can't even explain because you're so close and intertwined together. Um, Luke 21, 34 says, but watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. So watch yourself. Your hearts will be weighed down with disappointment and drunkenness and the cares of this life. How many people feel like right now this is happening to them, where you feel weighed down by the disappointments and cares of this life, and you're drowning it in drunkenness? There's a lot of people who experience this. You might not be drunk every single day, but if you're using it to escape and you're trying to go there, it's not only just dulling your mind right now of where you are, but it's dulling your mind for your mission and what's to come. God can't use you the way he wants you to if all you're doing is you're under the influence. Think of that. If you're under the influence, you're under the influence of, of the drug. 
The drug is controlling you. The drug is your God, the thing, even food. Like if you have a problem where you're overeating and you can't stop and you know, you shouldn't, and you just keep reaching for food, you're in a bad mood. You reach for food. You're sad. You reach for food. You're happy. You reach for food. And this is your thing. Maybe you're not getting drunk on wine or, or beer and you're not smoking and you're not doing drugs, but you're doing this, or you're reaching for your credit card and you're shopping and you feel happy and you spend and you feel sad and you spend and you feel stressed and you spend and you're using the same coping mechanism, it's the exact same thing. You're under the influence, which means you're not under the influence of Christ anymore. You're under the influence of this feeling. You're under the influence of this thing, of this idol, of this God that's controlling you and controlling what's happening around you. And then the last scripture is the one that I read in the beginning of 2 Timothy that says, um, it's 2 Timothy 4, 5. And I think that it's really interesting that Paul was a prisoner. He was in captivity and he wrote a letter to his son, Timothy, to tell him about what to expect and what to do. He was like, do not, do not be a slave to this world. Do not conform to this world. I need to tell you what's important. And he's talking to his child and he writes, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure the suffering and do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That is his direction to his son, the, the person he loves the most on the earth. That's like his inmost secret, like son, always be sober-minded last in the suffering, do the work of the evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Like that's his last hope. Like, please just do these things and realize that if we are not sober-minded, so if we're either under the influence or just our thoughts and we're thinking this way, we're not fulfilling the work of our ministry. We're not feeling like we're giving and leading these purposeful lives. So what starts happening is our thoughts kick in of, I'm not enough. This isn't working. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How am I going to be? Your thoughts start working in this pattern of stress and doubt and fear and anxiety. And then that makes your attitude be bad. And now you're snappy at your kids and you're irritated with your husband and you're irritated with everyone and everyone's annoying around you and you're stressed out and you're worried and you're in fear. And so you're saying things, you're saying negative things that's blocking the blessings and the fruit from appearing in your life that God says that you will have if you just believe. Your words that you're saying are proving that you don't believe. God says, ask and believe and you shall receive. Well, if you're thinking, this isn't going to work and I don't know what to do. And all of these things, you're not believing that it's going to work. And you're probably not even asking God. You're probably not spending time when you're in that current mindset of sitting down, being still and asking God for the things that you want, because you're trying to handle it and manage it all on your own. You're trying to plot, plan and scheme and do this on your own time. Do this the way that you want to do it. And so if you want your spirit, your soul, and your body to be connected and working with the Holy Spirit in it, shining this light of purpose and freedom and passion and fulfillment, being sober-minded is the most important thing that you need to do to keep your focus on Christ, to eliminate distractions, 
the devil prowls around like a lion waiting for someone to devour. It's a lot easier to devour one person who's asleep than it is to break into a tribe of people and devour people who are standing there on guard watching for the lion. I mean, think of that. Even a lion will lay down and wait for the herd to separate. Have you ever seen that? Like on any of those, like on the earth show or national geographic and you see like all these gazelles like a hundred gazelles and the lion is just literally laying next to the gazelles while they're eating and he's just laying there like it's literally his food he could just go and get one but he's gonna wait until one of them kind of wanders away one of them doesn't really pay attention and is just eating grass and kind of drifts over here and it's by itself and the lion is going to push him out because it's a better chance of getting the one person. That's why we stay together in community so that if one person falls asleep, hey, it's okay. We got you. If you fall asleep, we're here to help you. And we're here to encourage you to wake back up and to remember what's important. So on Mondays, it's really important. Your weekend is over and now you're going into your week and into the busyness. Don't just be so busy that you snooze on God. I snoozed on God all week last week. And yes, you're, you're not going to go to hell and God doesn't love you any less. We have a forgiving, loving God that's still there. Like, okay, I know you blew me off for coffee the last seven days, but I'll keep showing up until you show up. And he's never going to get sick of our crap. He's going to keep showing up. Even if we stand him up a hundred times, he's still going to show up. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. When you come, I'll be here. And that's the most amazing thing ever. So if you've been asleep like I have and you've been snoozing on God, or if you haven't really been sober minded lately, like I have, then this is your message. And this is your wake up call to turn from what you're doing and start focusing on what you need to. So if it's your thoughts that are really bad right now, you need to listen to the books by Florence Scovel Shin. Your word is your wand or the power of the spoken word. That's where you need to start. If it's your thoughts that are bad, you need to change that. And if it's your attitude that is bad, then you need to get your focus back on what's important and figure out what are the things that are triggering you and eliminate those triggers from your life so that you can get back on the right path and you can get focused and then you can fulfill your ministry then you can fulfill your purpose. You can show up and do what God needs you to do. You can walk in the will of God. And that's what he wants from us. So don't let the devil tempt you or trick you into not doing this. That's a huge, huge thing. He is just waiting, waiting patiently to trick you and distract you and to tempt you away from God. And he does it without us even realizing all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. I've been like so tempted lately, or I've been so distracted. So get back, get back in your Bible, get into a study, go to lifeway.com and go buy a study that appeals to you that you're like, yes, this sounds so great. I'm going to buy this and start waking up in the morning again and get back to your roots of what you need to do. And you will start to feel better. So thank you for being here being on live. I love you guys. If you need anything at all, if you need help with this, if you need accountability, if you need an ear to listen to, 
please DM me on Instagram. I would love to help you even more. Okay. Love you. See you Wednesday. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.